In John 15, Jesus states that if we were of the world, the world would love us as its own. But since Jesus has chosen us to be out of this world, we should be prepared for the world to hate us. We have to ask ourselves, are we prepared? Are we ready for these kind of trials as believers that are athletes, fans, no matter what it may be? Are we prepared to have booze pouring on us because we wear a cross around our neck or put eye black on that says John 3.16? While it may not happen to that extent, we need to prepare ourselves for sticking out in this world since this is not our home. It's not our final destination if we accept Jesus into our lives. Today we get to talk with Butler University assistant women's basketball coach Kristen Woodrich on being in the world but not being of the world. As Kristen has so much experience in athletics, whether it be playing, coaching, or now dedicating her life to helping the next generation of athletes through basketball, it's apparent that even though she's been at secular schools, she always portrays the love of Jesus to her players. Throughout our talk today, I really hope that you listening take the advice that she gives because, I mean, no matter if you're an athlete or not, while we are live on this planet, we are going to have to stick out in order to advance the gospel and show others that Jesus lives within us. I hope you enjoy. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today our special guest is Kristen Woodrich. Kristen, I am so thankful that you got to come on today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. I am really pumped to uh, just have you on and talk about your uh, coaching career, your athletic career, and all the things in between. Uh, and I really just want to dive right into it today. Uh, what fuels your passion and love for sports? I think, well, when I was younger, it was I just loved to play. I just, the competitiveness of it, being out there, being on a team. I was always on a team when I was younger, and I loved that part of it. And so growing up, the more that I saw that it impacted communities and what it can do for communities and how it brings people together, uh, no matter your background or anything like that. And that's what church is supposed to be like to me. So um, that's kind of why I have such a passion for sports, because of what it does for people and how it brings people together. Mm. So as you are now, obviously, uh, assistant coach at Butler, can you explain a little bit of your journey uh, growing up and through athletics and through coaching? Oh, my goodness. We only have how long is the podcast? <laughs> it can be as, as long as you want. <laughs> um, well, my journey started. My dad was a high school coach for 40 years. He coached uh, boys basketball, and then he actually switched over to girls basketball, and he coached me. So he coached my brother. He coached football. He coached track. Uh, anything that you can think of. Uh, he did. So I started off in the gym. I was always in the gym, at the field, doing something. And that's how I started in sports. And then I went and played Division One college basketball. Um, and then after that, I didn't know if I wanted to coach. I was kind of in a, my dad coached, my brother coaches, do I want to coach? My oldest brother's a teacher, everyone's in education. So I was a graduate assistant at Texas Tech. Um, and actually, when I went out there, I think it wasn't the school itself. I think it was the church that I found. I found a very good Bible teaching church and some really good leaders in that church that helped me in my faith journey, um, making it my own. And I think 
seeing that and how it impacted other people, how it impacted the kids. It just really, it went from like loving to play basketball to coaching basketball to teaching the game. And so I guess education in my family stayed with me. Uh, I just did it coaching college basketball. And so that's kind of my journey. And I've coached probably about four or five different places. I've been a head college basketball coach and now I'm an assistant again. Um, And it's landed me at Butler and I'm very excited where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you say like you you always felt like, you know, your sports teams were like a church. And now that your husband is a leader of a church, how how is that like how is balancing that as you're a coach and he's a pastor? Uh, I don't know if we balance. We integrate. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. the word I think you have to be able to. It's never going to be 100 percent because during season is my busy time. January and February. Very hard for me. Um, for him, of course, it's Christmas. It's Easter. I'm not going to lie. Being a pastor, it's hard all the time. Yeah. But for me, yeah. I have some downtime. So during that downtime, I really focus on being present, being with my boys, um, being at the church when I can, doing those type of things. Uh, the girls have been to the church. They've done community service at the church. The church comes to games. They love it. They even had shirts that they made last year to support the girls. And so we have a lot of people that wear butler gear at the church. So I think it's more of integrating our families uh, together bringing the boys to the office. I have a great boss who allows me to do that. They're able to see where I work and what I do. Um, so I think that's that's what really helps with us and our family is we don't try to put everything in a box. We just try to, you know, bring everything together and everyone knows who we are and what we do. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that really helps with your players as well, because they're seeing, you know, your, your life, they're seeing your husband's life and, you know, they're seeing the, the, the members of your congregation coming to their games. How, how do you think that really helps them in their faith journey? I think for them, something that helped me with the church we have now, it really taught me what community looks like and what it means to be there for someone. And for them, they could see the church. It, they don't care if they are a Christian or not. We're here to support you. We're here to love on you. We're here to be what you need. And I think I even had a player one time say, it's just different. You just treat people different. And I'm like, well, that's how Jesus did it. He treated people different. It's how he treated people that made him different, how he responded to people, but also how he did it with authority, not just love and care, but with authority. And he taught with authority. And so I think as a coach, we're supposed to do that. And so I think they see that from our church. They see the the community, uh, the support that they give. And I think that's really important for them to have. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I love that you just brought up, you know, having replicating Jesus because uh, every, all throughout his um, ministry and on earth, like he was a servant, he was a leader. And I, I think, you know, we had touched on this a little bit in our conversation before this, but how, how do you really, um, embody how Christ, uh, was a leader and a servant and just, just everything that he was to your players? And how do you, how do you, I mean, how do you teach them that it's okay to, you know, be humble, uh, even in sports? Yeah, I think that's been a lifelong process for me. I mean, the biggest thing I've always struggled with is just pride. And so, really studying the scripture and how Jesus was, who he really was, not what society says he is, not what you want him to be, but who he was and how he reacted to things and how he handled things. Like I said, in my coaching journey, before I was a head coach, a lot of people told me, well, you're not tough enough to be a head coach. I'm the kind one. I'm the one that everyone wants to sit in the office with and talk to. But Jesus was kind, but Jesus taught with authority. And so I always take that scripture with me to, I can still 
be those things God created me to be, but also lead with accountability and lead with that authority to help them grow. Um, I think that's really important. And then also just how I treat people, even on my bad days, because um, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> All I can do is try to embody what he does. Because uh, there's people, as a coach, it's like you don't want to treat every player the same because not every player plays the same. They don't play as hard. They're not as respectful. Or they don't, you know. So I think that's really where, as a coach, it tests you as a leader. Are you able to treat every single player the way that Jesus would treat them? Because um, my flesh at times does not want to. And so you have to really, I think that also takes time. That takes patience. That takes prayer. If you're not praying over your players, over their lockers, over just that area, I think there's a lot of spiritual warfare that can come in. And so you have to stay just prepared. And I think you also have to put on that armor every day to be able to do that. So that's what I try to do. Yeah, that's that's really great advice for people listening as well. And I want to go back to something you said, like when you when those people said to you, like you can't be uh, a kind coach or you can't cert, like look like Jesus as a head coach, what was your response to that? And how, how did you portray like, I, I can be a, a leader and still look like Jesus and still be a coach as well. Well, I'll be transparent. I failed at that at times at first, right? I'm a, I'm a competitor and I'm going to prove people wrong and yeah. I'm going to do it this way. And there were times that I wasn't who I was called to be because I thought this was the way it was supposed to look like. And very humbly and gently, the Lord would always redirect me and say, no, Kristen, this is the way I made you for a purpose and on purpose. And I think you had this quote, I don't always, I don't call the qualified, I qualified the call. Mm. So I've called you to do this and I've qualified you in what I've made you and who you are as a leader. And so there are areas you want to get better as a leader, um, but you can't be someone that you're not. I think that's a huge lesson I learned early um, in my career and just honing those skills and things like that. Mm. No, that's that's really great. And I, I feel like uh, a lot of athletes can relate to that, especially myself, because I know as an athlete, I was I was trying to portray like I was this big, bad, tough guy uh, at times because, you know, I played baseball and that's, you know, that's kind of the culture around baseball players is that they're kind of cocky, but it's, you know, it's difficult to, when you're around teammates and you're around people that, I mean, they portray that too, but in all honesty, they're probably all, um, trying to put on this face. That's really not who right. they are. Yeah, for sure. Kristen, you know, as a college athlete, you are, you obviously, um, coach college athletes, you're around college athletes all the time. I feel like a lot of college students, this is like a make or break time for their lives, and especially for their faith at times. What advice do you give them to like not lose their faith during this time in their lives? Because they have so much going on. It's always busy. You always feel like you can't even eat at times. <laughs> right. how, how, how can they just stay true to who they are and stay true to who Christ says they are? Oh, my goodness. I think another reason why I have a passion for college athletes is because that was a time of searching for me a lot. Um, if I look back, I wish I would have done a lot of things differently in that area. And one of them is just to have community. Like you need community around you, people that are like-minded. You're still young and you need when things are hard or where you're down or, you know, you have 12 hour days and you're exhausted. Like you need people, people speaking life into you, whether it's at a small group, whether it's even just zooming. I have a spiritual mentor and we just zoom. She doesn't live in the same state. Um, 
But when you're in college, I think finding that community on campus, whether it's FCA, Athletes in Action, a church, um, a couple people on your team, even have like, you know, because it's hard and it's you're around and a lot of universities are tough to be in and, and to share your faith and to be out there with it. So I think that's a, a huge thing is to have community for those young athletes and then to stay in the word when like me as an adult, when I'm not in the word, I can feel it. And so when you're in that age, being able to read God's word and stay in that and stay in prayer, um, but also to know to give yourself grace, because there's going to be a week where you have three row games and you didn't get your time in and you're tired and you're not doing what you're supposed to or you make a mistake. Um, so I think those things, being in community, staying in the word and giving yourself grace, I, I think you'll make it out of college. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, we hope so. I hope so. <laughs> right. And something that you just mentioned was like it's it can be hard at times to be a Christian, especially in a you know a public school or state school, whatever whatever school or college or university or high school you may be in. Do you think it's more difficult to to be a Christian in a secular school, or do you think it's more difficult for a secular person to be in a Christian school? Oh my goodness, that is a great question, and. I've always been in a secular school, so it's hard for me to like compare to a Christian school. Now, my husband, he was a head basketball coach at a Christian school, and he played at a Christian school. So our stories are kind of funny because I played at a secular school, and so it wasn't anywhere near his experience. Like he couldn't even put his feet on a girl's dorm; had to be like on the floor. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had guys living in the dorm room next to me. Like it was just my so gosh. different. Yeah, it was just very different. So our stories are pretty funny. But I've always coached at a secular school. And there are days that I'm like, Lord, like it would be easier if I was able to always be open about my faith. I think the one thing that in a Christian school, you're able to be open, right, about your faith. In um, a lot of the schools I've been at, you have to be careful, whether it's a letter to a player and it has a faith connotation. It doesn't even have the name Jesus in it. But just be careful. I've had a be careful before to me. Um, praying over your team. Be careful. But you're able to do A, B, and C, but when it comes to Jesus, that's very polarizing for people. Um, but I had a prophet speak a word over me one time when I was having a tough time about that. And he said, Kristen, you were you're supposed to be because you are invited into rooms right now that Jesus is not. And so you are to take him with you when you go into those rooms. And I felt a sense of responsibility at that moment of where I was, um, and it was a heavy time, and the Lord has taken me out of that heavy time and given me some rest from it. But I just think that we Christians, we are put in those situations, and if it does get too heavy, the Lord will, he will take you from it. Um, and I think when you coach at a Christian school, I think you have different challenges. And, you know, just because you go to a Christian school doesn't mean that everyone there is living the way they should, um, acting the way they should. And so I think that uh, it's both tough and both different challenges just because of the world that we live in today. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting for me as well, because I went to a public non-Christian school in high school and then college, I went to a Christian school where it was the same thing, like lights always on with the girls in the room, you know, doors at 90 degree angles. Like it, it was just people bringing out their, right. <laughs> bringing out their protractors and stuff. But uh, it's, yeah, it was interesting to make that shift because I went from, 
basically not even saying anything about Jesus in the four years that I was in high school to saying Jesus's name every single day, which was a massive shift for my faith because it was, it just helped my faith so much. But yeah, there was, there was definitely a lot of other people that, you know, they didn't have that same experience because, you know, either they were just not living for the Lord or whatever that may be. But yeah, that's a really interesting point because I never really thought of like, you have to be careful when you're sharing your faith because I went to that Christian school. But I think for, for you as well, you're like, you are in the world, but you're not living of the world. I think that's a big, a big thing in scripture, like in Romans 12 and John 15. How have you applied this principle to your, to your life and to your coaching career? Um, I think for coaching a lot of, like when you're a college coach and you get this cause you were an athlete, Everything is based on wins and losses. You can say it's based on academics. You can say it's based on community service and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to win a certain amount of games in order to keep your job. It just is what it is. We know that we're in that profession. But if you don't have a foundation in Jesus and knowing who you are, you get wrapped up in that becoming your identity. And you be that's, that's your world. And when you realize that you're just, you're not like you're, you're in the world, not of the world. I believe that's what you said. Yeah. Um, you start to understand who you are and that, that pressure kind of comes off a little bit. Um, that stress that I think a lot of coaches have coaches do a lot of things they shouldn't do. And people wonder why. And I'm thinking, well, there's a lot of stress that they're under. They're getting lots of money, um, lots of scrutiny. Lots of people are looking at them. I understand and have compassion of where they're coming from. But at the end of the day, if they don't know someone who is bigger than them and has a bigger plan for them and that if they lose a game that they're, you know, their salvation is, sa- is safe, um, you can get stressed and you can lose that. So I think that's helped me in my coaching, uh, knowing the difference in that. Because just, again, pride comes into play and everybody's telling you when you're good. I've definitely experienced this. When you're good – Everybody wants to talk to you when you're bad and you walk down the hallway, the athletic department, no one wants to talk to you. I've been in both (laughs) situations. Um, But in both situations, you have to go back to, again, I'm, this is the world and I just have to remember whose I am and what I'm here for and my purpose. And he's going to take care of it. For any coach that's out there listening, what would you suggest they do or study or, I mean, obviously study the Bible, but what would you suggest them to just remain persistent and really just needing Jesus throughout their journey, throughout their coaching journey, because it's like you just said, it's it's hard being a coach out there sometimes, a lot of the time. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, this is a great, like what you're asking. I have a great story. Um, Oklahoma football coach. He retired. What's his name? Why, why can't I think of his name? It's a very good question. You know what? I'm just going to look it up. I have a computer right here. So we're huge football, college football fans in our house. Oh, yeah, we are too. That's a big deal. But Bob Stoops. Yes, that's it. Yep. Yeah. So I heard a great story one time. He was with a reporter. And you know how they do those tunnels before football games in yep. college football? I've always wanted to be at Notre Dame for one, but we have not done that yet. <laughs> Husband, that should be on my bucket list. But. He's in that, and that reporter was like, how do you, and they have a statue of him now, how do you walk through this tunnel with these people screaming your name, wanting pictures, autographs, how do you do this and stay humble? And he said, those are the same people that crucified Jesus a week later when he walked into Jerusalem. And I was like, wow, like if that doesn't keep you humble, 
Like these same people that are putting you on a pedestal, those are the same people that will put you on the cross. And so you have to remember, again, like I said, who whose you are. And at the end of the day, if I lose a game, there's going to be my family for sure, but Jesus has already done it. And I think that something I learned as a head coach, I'm able to walk in victory whether I win or lose because I follow Jesus. He's already won for me. So I'm able to walk with confidence wherever I go. If anybody says anything about me, um, I'm able to walk in victory because of that. And that gives me confidence when I'm having a bad day. Mm. Uh, so I just thought that was a great story Yeah. for what your question Because I think for coaches, we have to remember that, right? And those people, you have to remember who your circle is, um, who your community is, and not let stuff get to your head. Wow. Yeah, that is a, that's an unbelievable quote. I'm surprised I never heard that because I, that's that's firing me up right now. But that is, <laughs> that's so good. That's so good. And I think that can apply directly to athletes as well because, right. I mean, fans are going to be fans. Like that's that's just who they are, the roller coaster of being a fan. Uh, and I think as athletes, we need to like remember, like, like you just said, one week they're going to love you, and the next week they're going to crucify you. But, Kristen, how are how are Christians in sports built different as leaders? Because this is something that you, I think you brought up to me uh, about being, being built different in sports. Yeah, I think Christians are built different just because we have a hope that is beyond ourselves. And when you're using yourself, you're always going to fail. When you play for yourself, you're always going to let yourself down. If you play for your parents, if you play for your teammates. I love when people are like, oh, I play hard for my teammates. That's great. Your teammates are going to let you down one day and you're going to let them down. We're human. We're of the flesh. But if you play for Christ, the one who is able, who is giving you the ability to walk in victory, you can't lose. And so I think if you understand that as Christians, we're able to have a different confidence. We're able to have um, just a different demeanor about ourselves. And it's, it's not an arrogance, but it's where our confidence comes from. And it's the hope. Um, I love the verse, Isaiah 41.10, do not be afraid for I'm with you. Do not be discouraged for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. And I will raise you up with my victorious right hand. So that's where I got the walk with victory. He's going to raise me up with victory already. Um, so I think that's how as Christians were built different when it, when it comes to being an athlete or being a coach. We have the ultimate example of being a leader in Jesus because literally all throughout his journey, all throughout his life, also apply it to athletics. I feel like I do that so much when reading scripture now because of this podcast. But, but, um, Kristen, this has been very enjoyable for me. I have one question before I let you go. Do you ever remind, do you ever have to remind yourself that this world is not our actual spiritual home? Oh, yes, because everything is the end of the world. Like, yeah. this has to be done. <laughs> I have two kids. I have a three and a half year old and a one year old and my husband's a pastor and I coach college basketball. I don't think there's a manual for that, but yeah, um, yeah like this has to be done or the laundry's not done or this doesn't look the way it should or I didn't call enough recruits this week or being a pastor's wife has been tough because I'm not a normal pastor's wife. It, it looks different for me. Um, like two weeks out of July, I'm recruiting and and so for me, I have to remind myself what my purpose is. And it's, it's really just to make disciples, you know, for Jesus and to raise my family up and to be that Jesus in rooms where people are not invited into. And so 
And I also have a passion for women leading women. And so to be able to be a strong mom and a wife and what that looks like um, to my players is very important to me. And so I really have to remind myself a lot, like what is important? Um, what can wait till later? What does God want me to do in this situation? Um, and sometimes I fail and sometimes I get it right. And sometimes it's in between. And so you just have to every day kind of just reflect and see what you've done and how you've done it. And, uh, the Lord's going to bless that when you're, when you're obedient, the Lord blesses it. Even when you don't want to be obedient. I know I have lots of stories in our lives where Andrew and I have wanted to do one thing. And the Lord said, no, this is what you're doing. And we've gone in blindly and he's always, he's always provided. So I, I just think that, um, it's just a constant. He says, he says to take up your cross daily. So I think that's where my answer is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's a great answer. And yeah, that's, it's so good because we, like you just said, we have that faith in Jesus that he will never lead us astray and he never does. And I know that's been a big part of me and my wife's journey, uh, throughout our very short marriage, but, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been amazing to just follow him and trust in him through the process. But Kristen, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. It was so enjoyable to talk with you, and just uh, I know you're doing great things at Butler, so thank you so much. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. I had a lot of fun. All right, well, for all of our listeners out there today, thank you so much for tuning in. If you are not subscribed already, please remember to do so and share this episode. It means so much to me and so much uh, to us, uh, more than you may know. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you next time.